KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Wake up, Oklahoma City. Wake up, Tulsa. Wake up, basketball fans. Hello, hello, hello. I was about to say good morning, but it's actually only 1130 at night, so technically... Good evening, everybody, and welcome in to the Franchise Thunder First Take postgame show. Stick with us long enough and we'll greet you with a good morning. That's a very true statement because we will be on for about the next hour or so, and uh, you're stuck with us. And it's going to be me, Madison Morris. That is my voice that you are hearing right now. I am alongside Mr. Ryan Chapman here in the Franchise Studios. Hola. And then we have the ever so lovely and talented and dedicated Matt Burton. Wow, thank you. That was a great intro. That was a really I appreciate good intro. That. I thought about that. I practiced this in the car drive on the way over here. I appreciate you lying to the people about, <laughs> about me. Hey, thank I do you. what I can. I do what I can. But guys, we are in here at 1130 at night talking Thunder basketball because what else would we want to do, right? Right? I don't believe in sleep. Correct. I believe in Lou Dort and nothing else. I do believe in Lou Dort. Guys, this was an exciting night for the guy, and we're going to talk about it because your Oklahoma City Thunder are back to their winning ways after falling to Dallas on Monday. But guess what? Today was hump day, and it was a day to beat the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento at 120 to 100. And uh, this was a really good showing of this Thunder team. We're going to go ahead and break it down for you guys a little bit. But obviously... Uh, had a few guys back. I mean, Steven Adams, he has been back in the lineup for a little bit. Uh, Danilo Gallinari, he was looking good out there tonight. Lou Dort, man, we have so much to talk about with this guy. Even Abdul Nader gave us about two minutes tonight. So he's back from, uh, I, what was it, his knee he was dealing with? Is that right? Or an Sounds ankle, correct, yes. something like that. Yeah, Abdul Nader, he's been out for a while. He's still dealing with some stuff. Uh, Chris Paul, back in the lineup, obviously. Uh, this week's been very hard for a lot of players in the league, for, I mean, a lot of people around the world after something very tragic happened. We will talk about uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant a little bit on this show, just to touch on that, because I haven't gotten to sit down and talk with you or you about this. So uh, we're definitely going to break that down maybe in a later segment. But Chris Paul being back in the lineup after missing Mavericks ma- or the Monday matchup against the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, he was back tonight doing some good stuff. So we'll talk about him. We got to see the debut of of Isaiah Roby in a Thunder uniform tonight. Only played about a minute 30, but that is long enough because he uh, he took a shot tonight. It didn't go in, but, you know, he's doing things, guys. Some could say he was the key to the Thunder victory. They I would be wrong, <laughs> but they could say that. I can get behind that. I mean, you never know. People are trying, doing some good stuff out there. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to go ahead and dive into this because the Thunder... They didn't have the best showing against the Mavericks on Monday. I think it was mainly behind, you know, some pretty abysmal shooting. They they didn't look like a well-rounded team, to be totally honest. Uh, they were missing some key components with guys like Chris Paul being out. Obviously, Terrence Ferguson, he remained out tonight. He has been out for at least the past, like, week, maybe two weeks. I'm not entirely sure, but he's been dealing uh, with some personal issues as well. We wish him the best, but uh, the Thunder... They really looked back to uh, what they had set out to do at the beginning of the season, taking a nice 20-point win over the Kings. And honestly, guys, I wasn't thinking it was going to go too well watching this first quarter, but they really turned it on pretty much the second quarter on. Yeah, it took them a little bit to get back into their flow almost, which seems kind of bizarre since that was the first game that Chris Paul has missed all year. But Chris Paul never really got it going offensively scoring-wise, 
but obviously with 10 assists made the offense move and the, the team just looks like a completely different squad with Chris Paul on the floor than when he's not on the floor and it doesn't matter if he's scoring because what he does spacing wise moving the ball around it just can't be stated enough how immense he has been and, and like you said after that first quarter 23 to 16 both offenses really struggled and and through the first part of the second quarter if you had told me that it was going to be a 20 point win I would have mm-hmm. said uh not tonight just because neither offense was hitting and then all of a sudden the point explosion and that's where Mr. Dort comes in. Mr. Dort. Matt, I was so impressed. And obviously, we're, we can go ahead and fire this up here in a second because I think we have so much to touch uh, with Lou Dort being just such a good player tonight and being such a good um, c- contribution, basically, to this team because he was just on fire. So if you want to go ahead and fire it up, we'll just get it going. Now, the Franchise Thunder Player of the Game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. And, you know, I also just realized that I used the word touch, and I'm extremely awkward and now embarrassed. So, Matt Burton, tell us about Lou Dort. All right, I will touch touch on the subject. Oh, dear. Um, It's got to be Lou Dort. It's got to be Lou Dort. 23 points as a rookie. 8 of 12. Career high. 8 of 12 from the field. 5 of 6 from the three-point line. Um, And then just playing good defense like he normally does. Uh, This guy, I'm so impressed with him. He is shooting with confidence. Uh, coming out of college, not really known for his outside shooting ability, um, but this guy, he just get, he keeps getting better. And the list of players that he's had to guard since he started, since he's become the starter, um, you're talking Luka Doncic, you're talking James Harden, you're talking the best of the best, and he's stepped up to the challenge in every single one of those games. And then, which leads to, whenever you play good defense, I mean, that leads to good offense. It's it's a a tale as old as time. Um, when you're talking about basketball, good defense leads to good offense and, uh, it leads to, uh, a bunch of confidence coming out of the rookie. So, uh, I'm enjoying this Lou Dort experience. Um, if I had to guess, I would say that he is not going to be on just a two-way contract, uh, for very long. No, I would totally agree with that. This guy, he has been showing out ever since that he's, uh, gotten this opportunity to do what he does. And I really think that shows how far confidence can take you. And it's not just the confidence that you instill in yourself. It's the kind of confidence that your teammates give you, that your coaches give you. And this guy's 20 years old. I mean, he he doesn't look like it at all. He looks experienced. He looks tough. He looks extremely knowledgeable when he's out there, has a good uh, NBA IQ. You know, it's just, it's comforting to see that because, I mean, it speaks volumes to this Thunder team right now because every single night, I feel like it's a different guy that steps up. And that's just, you know, that's, making this team very well-rounded. It's making them uh, very powerful when they're able to get out on the road. And now they've won about six straight road games. So if you told me this was going to happen at the beginning of the season, I would have sh- I would just shake my head and say absolutely not because they were absolutely abysmal on the road. And now this is exactly what they're able to do because they have guys like Luke Instort who is able to just perform at a high level. He's able to communicate with his guys. He's getting good shot selections. He looks powerful. He looks confident. And he doesn't you know, just kind of shy away from opportunities like that. Yeah, and it's not just Stort. For the first part of this game, in that first quarter where things were still rocky, it looked like this was tracking towards one of the uh, Dennis Schroeder games where Dennis would be the one that kind of took the headlines. And he he still had a great game, 24 points, 9 assists, 8 of 13 shooting. But guys like Dennis stepping into this role and Lou Dort coming into the team, playing with this kind of confidence. I said this on Twitter, and I, I don't know if you guys will agree with this or not, but this is the kind of player development that you can see 
when you have a leader like Chris Paul on the floor, as opposed to what the Thunder have had in certain, yeah, uh, you know, the rest of the seasons before this. But what are you implying, Ryan? I'm implying that it's a struggle for young guys to step onto the floor with Russell Westbrook under the pressure Boom! that he puts. Oh, Why do you hate Russell Westbrook? I'll take Shots that off the air. Fired. First time, long time. Why do you hate Russell Westbrook? <laughs> well, I'll I take just, it off the air. Thank it's you. such a popular take right now. I had to get on get in on the take fest, but it's it's fine. It's one of those things that you can't understate, and this is what kind of the chemistry factor that people will roll your eyes, but when Dort comes in and he is playing with the confidence, and like Chris Paul has told us multiple times, anytime he passes it to someone, he's mad if they don't shoot, because that's why I pass you the ball. So when you're empowered with that kind of positive, just confidence Mm -hmm. in your direction, it, it shows, and Dort, he... Got it going from three, and then as the game went on, he started showing us some moves to get to the bucket, and then he had the ultimate disrespect layup after he blew by Buddy Heald late in the that. game, where he had a wide-open rim, and he's just like, you know, I've been dunking on you guys metaphorically all night. There's no need for me to slam this home. I'm just going to lay this off the glass, show off my fundamentals, and then... Pack up shop and get home. Yeah. No, I love that. And Ryan kind of said this earlier and I laughed at it because it's so true, uh, especially the kind of night that Lou had had at this point. I think by the time he did do that layup against Buddy Heald, he was, um, I, I want to say like four of, or yeah, four or five from the three point line. Like he was shooting super well. He had finally missed a three after starting the game. Uh, pretty perfect from the three point line. He was shooting so well. But at this point, it's like, If you get the opportunity to just take that charge into the rim, just take it because Sacramento was posing absolutely zero defensive efforts against the Thunder tonight because, yeah, it was a very low shooting first quarter, but, I mean, it was for both teams, and that's just because no one was able to get their shots off. I don't even want to attribute that to good defense because it just really wasn't. And uh, I think the Thunder, they were able to really lock down on defense coming out of halftime, and that was the best thing for them because Sacramento – they did not shoot well at all for the remainder of the game, and it was just uh, it was just in the Thunder's favor tonight. So I think that I mean that was just good on them. They were able to get the shots they wanted. Every guy was taking good shot selections, and then guys like Danilo Gallinari, who started off awful in this game, he was finally able to get his shots to fall. I think he drained like three threes in a in a row. Uh, he finished with 19 points tonight. Did pretty well. Was four of nine from the three point line. Seven to 13 all around. And uh, he wasn't alone on that. I mean, other guys had pretty good nights, like Chris Paul. Not the best night, but he was able to distribute the ball. He had 10 assists tonight. Almost had a double-double, finished with 9 points. And then, of course, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He was 6 of 13 from the floor, 3 of 5 from the three-point line. And uh, he finished with 17. Plays a pretty good defense, had two blocks. That's not really something you see a lot from Shea. And so if he's not going to be making a lot of noise on the offensive end, at least he's doing some good stuff on defense, Matt. Oh, for sure. No, Shea, he's he's rangy. He's got those long arms. Um, he has all the tools it takes to be a really good defensive player in the league. Um, now we'll see as he goes along, uh, and he becomes and he stays if he stays on this trajectory um, of the type of player he's going to be. Yeah. And we'll see if that defense stays. You know, star players sometimes can uh, can kind of slack off a little bit on the uh, on the defensive end. So yeah. I hope that doesn't happen to him. I don't think that. Uh, Shea is that type of player, but no, it's good to see from Shea. Seventeen, seven and seven tonight. I mean, that's just that's just a great stat line. If any night, any night, and guys, I say it all the time. He's only in his second year in the league. Yeah, I mean, he's playing. I, I don't even know when he has these 
quote unquote quiet nights because I don't like calling them quiet nights when you have 17 points and you're distributing the ball seven times grabbing seven boards that's not quiet but it's just when you have a guy like Lugan Storch who's making all of his noise yeah Shea kind of falls to the back but it's like he's still a valuable player and just because you're not you know getting all the attention from the game you're still contributing to a 20 point win and that's exactly what he did tonight. he's in he's in his second year and this just is a testament to how good he's been and how good we think he's going to be that a quiet night of 17, 7, and 7. Like, players would kill for that type of quiet <laughs> night. No, for sure. I, I was literally shocked when I, like, checked back at the final box score and saw his scoring output. Because in my head, I was like, wow, all the guards kind of did something different tonight and contributed. Chris Paul didn't have the great scoring outburst, but he had a ton of assists. Schroeder obviously led the way with scoring until the door experience became... Mm-hmm. Uh, the hottest ticket in town in Sacramento. And then I was like, and Shea was playing really great defensively. So I'm grab a few boards and push the pace. Then you look up and you're like, Oh, he also is uh, putting up a lot of points yeah. and things like that. And you're just like, when, when that happens, that's when you go, this guy has all the ingredients to be something special. It's really just, does. if he puts it together. No, for sure. But yeah, that's Ryan Chapman. I am Madison Morris. Matt Burton is behind the glass, keeping us on the air here. It is almost 1140 at night and we're talking thunder basketball guys. There was a lot of cool things that went around in the league, but there's a lot of cool things that happen in this game. There's not too much like to touch on with just this one game. And so we are actually going to dedicate our very last segment tonight uh, to the passing of Kobe Bryant and his beautiful daughter, Gianna. So stick with us here on the franchise. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about just the versatility of this team and the way they're really able to pull everything together when a certain guy is back on the court. So stick with us here on the franchise and we will be back after this break. Welcome back. And I know, I don't know if anybody can see us right now. We are on Twitch, as a matter of fact, and our lovely producer, Matt Burton, has told us we do have some uh, followers and some viewers. So hi, everybody. Uh, And if you are watching, you had the pleasure of seeing me and Ryan Chapman shimmy our way back into this segment. So what's up? I never dance too. This will make my girlfriend upset that I actually danced for once and she wasn't here. It's so. fine. Like I mean, we can we can sick brag that you have a girlfriend, man. Sick brag. Thanks, bro. <laughs> and then me and Matt are over here, like mm, cool. So anyway, welcome back into the Thunder First Take Post Game Show here on 107.7 The Franchise, Oklahoma's new sound for sports. 107.9 in Tulsa. Can't forget Tulsa. Those are our people, also. And uh, okay, I'm seriously sitting here watching the Sports Center retake, and there was a lot going on in this league tonight. So before we segue back into this game, talk about this Thunder win over the Sacramento Kings. I want to hear from our lovely producer Matt Burton as he takes us around the association let's go around the association for an nba scoreboard update brought to you by oklahoma operation lifesaver all right we are going to start off in indiana the indiana pacers hosted chisholm's x Chicago Bulls. And Chisholm's crying right now. He is. He is. He's emancipated from the Chicago <laughs> Bulls. But the Pacers get a home win, uh, 115 to 106. Uh, Chandler Hutchison from the Bulls led the Bulls with 21. Yes, yes. Chandler Hutchinson. Thoughts? No, nothing. Hey, right, cool. uh, Great, this awesome. was no guys. Victor Oladipo, he was back for the Pacers tonight. This was a big game for Indiana. That's so awesome for them. Uh, he definitely he did come off the bench tonight because obviously 
you know, he's a little rusty from everything. Played 21 minutes tonight, but he finished with nine points on two of eight shooting, one of seven from the three-point line. He was perfect at four and four from the free throw line. But guys, Vic is back. I was a huge fan of him here in Oklahoma City. I'm so happy to see that he's back in Indiana just making moves. And he's going to get better and better and be back in that starting lineup. I'm pretty sure you know he hit a shot to tie it up at 100, too, late he in the did. game. He so. did. I think he – because this went he into shot. overtime, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was his points that went into overtime. So good for him. Good for Vic. The New York Knicks hosted the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. A game that kind of ended in some fireworks. Uh, if My you guys favorite. Didn't see, uh, with Elford Payton uh, just shoving Jay Crowder to the ground uh, in garbage time. But the Grizzlies win in Madison Square Garden, 127 to 106. Dylan Brooks led the way with 27 for the Memphis Grizzlies. And Marcus Morris led the way for the Knicks. There you go. 17. Uh, the Knicks are terrible, and the Grizzlies <laughs> surprisingly, surprisingly pretty good this year. Yeah, the Grizzlies are now twenty four and twenty four. Guys, I'm so impressed by John Morant this season. He's been so great. And honestly, if you're going to lead by what twenty one points, pretty much at the final buzzer, don't get into a fight. Yeah, just, just, just stop. Just stop that. The uh, Brooklyn Nets won on their gray floor. That they have. My new that favorite Madison, team. Yes, that Madison pointed out at the break. <laughs> uh, that she loves the gray, Big fan. the gray basketball court. Uh, Brooklyn Nets win one twenty five to one fifteen over the Detroit Pistons. Reggie Jackson led the way again for the Pistons in scoring with twenty three points. And Spencer Dinwiddie had twenty eight tonight. Uh, good for Spencer Dinwiddie. I think. Why is Ryan Chapman shaking his head at this gray floor? I have a bone to pick with the Brooklyn Nets. This is not an, this is not an original idea, and the only reason this was okayed is because the bureaucracy of the NBA hates my Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks, the season after they had their magical run to the Eastern Conference Finals, ended by LeBron, asked the league if they could do something like this on their floor. Their reasoning is they wanted to appeal to the generation of basketball fans that experiences through 2K, the video game, have the Boise State effect. The league said no. Years later, what the heck? Poor Ryan. He's this so isn't, distraught This isn't right Brooklyn now. State. Give Atlanta something. We, we've had terrible basketball for most of our existence. Now we're tanking improperly. I Give the Hawks something. No great court for them. And it wasn't that long ago. You guys had five All-Stars. It's okay. <laughs> One day. <laughs> One of these days. Uh, the Spurs hosted the Utah Jazz tonight and got a victory. Dang. The Spurs beat the Utah Jazz tonight 127 to 120, the Jazz were led by Donovan Mitchell with 31 points. And DeMar DeRozan had 38 tonight for the Spurs. He's not messing around. He These is Spurs, not. man, guys, this Spurs team, I kind of feel for them because any team that's led by Pop and they're not doing this well, I cannot even imagine the fury and the rage that they have to deal with with an angry Greg Popovich. Win some games. Just win. Seriously. It's, uh, yeah, it's weird. It'll be weird with the Spurs not in the playoffs. Yes, it will. Would you agree? Very, very much so agree because any team that's led by Pop, they should be successful. He is one of the best coaches to ever do it, and I actually have nightmares about him. (laughs) The struggling Portland Trailblazers uh, hosted the Houston Rockets tonight, and the Portland Trailblazers win. Yes! 125-112. to Damian Lillard uh, has his first triple-double ever. Wait, really? First triple-double since he's been in the league. 36 points, 11 assists, and 10 rebounds to lead the Trailblazers. And Russell Westbrook had 39 and 10 rebounds tonight. Tonight was Dame time! Ooh, James Harden only 18 tonight. Oh, what Ooh. a 
bad night. The, the they were probably question. all free throws. <laughs> the important question, did Dame rock the baby on Russ after hitting the three from the logo? Should have. He should have. If he didn't, that or was he a missed just opportunity. Waved. He could have just waved bye to him. Man, bye, bye, Felicia. That is one of my absolute favorite rivalries in the NBA right now is Dame versus Russ. I don't even know why they hate each other so much. They, I, don't, I don't know. I don't get it. That, there's seriously no reason. I think it's just because they are both so equally good at their job. And I, it's just kind of like a, hey, like, I don't know, a petty little girl fight. And I love it. Dame's from Oakland. Russ from LA. Give me all the pettiness. The, I love it. The playoff battles. Russ they is they both were number zero. That's they probably do. why they're petty. I, that's a good one, Matt. Yeah. But that was around the association. That was a good one. Those are all the games tonight. Only six games tonight, including the Thunder. So. Hey, that's a good one. And uh, I'm actually really impressed with some of these scores because I like how versatile the league has been lately. So, um, yeah, good stuff there. But kind of going back to this Thunder team, I teased it a little bit before we went into that first break, and I kind of wanted to uh, get y'all's opinions on it because Brady and I talked about this a little bit. It is our OKC82 podcast. And also, by the way, you guys are listening to that right now. And so here's the thing. So we started this last season. If you're not already subscribed and listening to our OKC82 podcast, why the hell not? Because we do a great job on those podcasts. We have guys like Matt Burton. We have guys like Ryan Chapman. We've had Chisholm Holland on. Uh, we've done a lot of like podcasting with different guests, but also we even had one with Deontay Burton on. So why wouldn't you want to be a part of our podcast? And so, I was not included. I'm still I'm not okay. Ser- I'm seriously so sorry, Matt. Like I will never forgive myself for not doing that. But next time you are there and guys, anytime that any of us are really on the postgame show is going to double as our OKC82 podcast. So go ahead and listen, subscribe, share, because you're listening to it right now. So, yeah. Sharing's caring, guys. Let's Sharing be Sharing is caring. But kind of what I was saying, what I teased right before the break. So Monday, their matchup against the Mavericks, I had a lot of kind of like issues with the way that game was being played because it looked like this Thunder team was running around with their heads cut off. I don't think they quite knew what they were going on. Obviously, it was very fresh, all of the tragedy that went on on Sunday. That's very fresh on everyone's mind. So I I want to say that kind of played into this, but I don't want to use that as an excuse and kind of segue away from that for a little bit. But I will say they looked much more put together tonight, and I really do think it was because of the presence of Chris Paul back with this team. Ryan, would you agree? I would totally agree. And to a certain extent, anytime you lose a starter – you would assume that there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, things like that. The rotations are kind of messed up, all that stuff with inserting Schroeder into the starting lineup. But what have we seen? What's been the story of this season all year long? The Thunder have not been full strength. It seems more nights than not. They just slot somebody in, and the team doesn't seem to miss a beat. Common denominator, Chris Paul's missed one game, and the one time they've looked disjoint and just not put together. Chris Paul's not in the game. So I think mm-hmm. that not only even when he's not playing well, and I know that everyone's, I'm sure, tired of this, but it can't be understated, just the the floor general nature that he brings to the game, being able to settle the other players down in the moment when they're getting a little flustered or anything like that, just his on-court IQ, being able to put players in the correct positions to take advantage of what they can do best. You, you can't replace that, and it takes half a season to get over the offensive flow of losing someone like that, and they had to deal with it in one night. Yeah, it was uh, it was very obvious in the Mavs game that Chris Paul wasn't there. Just the way they were playing, um, it looked like they were running up and down more. They were trying to get more fast break stuff, and that that would not have happened if uh, if Chris Paul was in the game. And um, yeah, it it just 
It was super apparent. And obviously, from the Kobe stuff, none of the players wanted to play. And let's be honest, they didn't want to play. And I, I don't blame right. them for not wanting to play. All. So you couple that with not having the guy your offense runs around and just completely controls the game. Everything gets played at his pace on the offensive end. Uh, you don't have that guy. It's uh, it's gonna be tough to win. Yeah, I think a lot of like kind of everything that goes into a good offensive strategy has a lot to do with you have someone who's setting you up out there. And like I know that's pretty much a coach's job, and that's exactly what Billy Donovan should be doing. That's what the other coaches should be doing. But I think it also plays a big factor when you have the leader of your team, someone who is really kind of orchestrating everything out there, and he is doing good things for you. I think Chris Paul does that when he does serve a presence on the court, and when he is not there for a game. I mean, you know, someone has to step up. Someone has to do all the communication. Someone has to really be verbal out there because that's how you pull a team together. And I don't want to, like, bash on Shea Gildas Alexander by any means because, you know, he's a young guy, and I I don't think that he's quite there yet to where he can really just, you know, construct or, like, instruct people and, like, I don't know, conduct people. Go here. Go there. Let's run this. Let's do this. Hey, shoot this shot. You're going to do great. Like, just provide encouragement that I think Chris Paul does. And so, yeah, I agree with what both of you guys say. It just, it didn't look like a put-together Thunder team out there on Monday. And I know there are going to be times Chris Paul is going to be off the floor. That was his first game. He's missed all season with the Thunder. So, I mean, rightfully so. Yes, everything that happened with Kobe Bryant, so tragic. And I know those players probably just didn't want to play that night. They were not in their right mindsets. And there's also just the factor that you have your starting point guard out. He's not there. He's dealing with some personal issues with the loss of Kobe or whatever else was going on in his life. And so... You know, I just think that with every single team, if you have that guy who kind of serves as a leader, as a vet, as a seasoned guy who knows what he's doing and has a high basketball IQ, I mean, if he's not there, then it's kind of like, who's going to step up and do that? And I think Dennis Schroeder was someone who really tried to pull that together on Monday. It just didn't necessarily work because he was still coming off the bench and it was, oh wait, did he start on Monday? Yes. Yes, he started on Monday. Sorry. But, I mean, he's still, you know, he's Dennis Schroeder. That's not exactly his role yet with this Thunder team. It might turn into something like that. And he's been, an I don't know, I think he's been a pretty efficient scorer. And just, he's done some great things for the Thunder when he's out there. But I don't think he's quite to the role of Chris Paul yet. So, Chris coming back tonight, they just looked much more put together. Obviously, that first quarter wasn't great. But it just, it, it elevated and they just went from there. I mean, leadership takes some practice, too. And Schroeder, when he was on the team with Russ, obviously there's a power vacuum there where Russ is going to assume that role. Oh, for sure. And so Dennis hasn't had to lead a team since he was in Atlanta, honestly. So him just having to step in in one night. And SGA, like we've said, it's his second year in the league. He's halfway through his second year in the league. He has all the physical tools and all that stuff. But leadership, it takes time to grow into that role, to get acquainted. It takes time for your teammates to be just used to hearing another voice on the floor, things like that. And so it's hard to anticipate just in one night, drop of the hat saying, all right, Dennis, you're going to be Chris Paul now, leadership wise. So Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I mean, Shea's young. Dennis, I believe he's 25, 26. But, you know, even with Russell here last season, uh, Dennis, like, there were a couple games that Russell didn't play. So yeah, Dennis kind of stepped in. Raymond Felton stepped in last season. You know, Russ was still around. He was still kind of making orders and making sure that everyone was kind of together from the bench. Chris Paul, he was not there on Monday. He was actually in Los Angeles, so he wasn't even with the team. And, you know, I think exactly what Ryan said. Leadership is just a big thing, especially for every single team, not just about the Thunder. So I think that just speaks so much. It just speaks so much into how vital Chris Paul's presence is with this Thunder team right now. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. And you said you said leadership, and that's that's true. The just the overall feel for the game, too. I mean that the feel for the game, and he plays like the entire offense. It's it's he plays at his pace. He plays at his pace. He makes sure every single player is playing at his pace, and he knows where everyone is going to be. He knows where they need the ball. He knows what's going to happen. He knows he, the basketball IQ that Chris Paul has. Um, no one, no one else really has that, and it takes time for that to happen. So no wonder Shea doesn't have that yet. He 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 might get there, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have that. Okay, I know this guy is going to be here. I know where to get him the ball. I know all this stuff, um, and that was very obvious on Monday. Like I said, the Thunder ran more up and down. The Thunder are one of the worst teams when it comes to like pace. Because Chris Paul slows it down, yeah, makes everyone play at his pace, and uh, the Thunder kind of got away from that because, I mean, Dennis's role on this team is to come in and kind of score. Like that's that's kind of his the six man. You come in, you're running that second unit, and you're basically the scorer on that second unit. You're yeah. gonna get up all the shots. So Dennis was playing at that pace. Shea is not really there yet in terms of facilitating, um, but yeah. So it was very obvious, <laughs> very very obvious. Um, how much this team needs Chris Paul. Yeah, absolutely. Den- Dennis is best in that role of, I, I like liking him to a firecracker, that Billy Donovan can essentially just throw the firecracker onto the floor and say, all right, guys, we need to, the game ha- has settled into a flow. We need something different. And Dennis is a disruptor. And it's really, really hard. Dennis to, the menace. It's really hard to go from the disruptor role to having to be the cool, steady head yeah. from the jump. So No, for sure. I feel like every single guy on this team, they play a different role. And like I love that you just said that, Ryan, because that is exactly what Dennis is. He's kind of a hothead guy. He is a guy, when he comes in, he's either going to play super hard and it's going to be effective, or he's going to play super hard and it's going to kind of like obstruct a few things and like they're going to have to put it back together, which is not necessarily a bad thing. And then when Shay's out there, exactly what Matt said, this guy's young. He's only in the second season, but that should be exciting for Thunder fans because he will get there. Like he has time. It's not he's not a 34-year-old veteran and like his time in the NBA is coming up unless you're Vince Carter. But it's just you and he know, gets to learn from that guy, which is does. even cooler. He does, and he gets to learn from Chris. He get, Yes, Ryan is very excited. Very, Sorry, Vince Carter was evoked. I had to do my duty. Go. Yeah, I appreciate that. But yeah, it's Shea has time. He has a lot of growing opportunity, and you know he has all these guys to learn from. Definitely has Chris. He, even, he definitely has Dennis to learn from, but he even has guys like Lou Dort to learn from. And I know Lou is also new to the league. I mean, this is his rookie season. He's younger at only 20, but I think all of these guys have something to learn from each other and uh, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about a guy that I feel like I speak on him so much but I still want to talk about him because he's basically playing with a broken bone in his face and if that doesn't if that doesn't say toughness I don't know what the hell does because Nerlens Noel is by far just one of the most like Oh, I don't even know, like well-rounded, most powerful, most most efficient players on this team right now. And I love where he's going right now. I think one of the most underrated rivalries in the NBA is Nerlens Noel versus whatever rim the Thunder are playing with. Yes. Tonight. The man loves to absolutely destroy any rim. And you just see why Dallas offered him such a large contract. Mm-hmm. He's got that jump out of the gym um, athleticism, but you have to have a certain IQ and a certain way ability to read the game to always find yourself in those positions and Nerlens is just I think he's the perfect complement to Steven Adams Steven Adams at times um, 
not necessarily a bad thing, but it can kind of look like his feet are stuck in the mud when he's moving around um, just because he's so physical down low. And then you bring in Nerlens, who not that he's not physical, but he brings a certain finesse and flair to the game that really it, it makes it really hard to defend the Thunder mm-hmm. from minute to minute when you've got Adams and then Nerlens coming in. Yeah, for sure. No, and Nerlens took a charge tonight with mask and all. Woo-hoo! Mask and all. So he's not shying away from any of that uh, physicality no at all. No fears. So, no, I like Nerlens. He brings shot blocking. He brings just insane athletic ability. And the more time that him and Dennis spend together, like they're just showing it right now, <laughs> the more time that him and Dennis spend together, uh, the more fun it gets to watch. Because yes. their timing on the alley-oops, uh, it's becoming like automatic. It's becoming automatic. Dennis just throws it up now and knows exactly where to put it, and Nerlens just finishes it. Um, So (laughs) Nerlens has been playing great, and the fact that Oklahoma City has him on a minimum contract is insane. The production that they're getting, the production they're (laughs) getting for him being on a minimum uh, contract, it's crazy. So no, Nerlens Noel, nothing but good things to say about him. And sometimes, sometimes it happens where he does. You kind of want him out there more than Steve. I mean, it doesn't happen often for me because I'm a huge Steve fan, but there are times where he he does outplay Steve and he he warrants um, being out there instead. Yeah, of no, I I love that about Nerlens because he exactly what Matt said. He is a great player, a tough player, and he plays like he's on a max contract out there. And I don't even think that matters to him. He knows his role in this team. He wants to play so hard and he wants to win basketball games. And so I love that he's. Uh, gosh, like Dennis Schroeder's pulling all the Patrick Mahomes and no-look passes, and all of a sudden a flying Nerlens comes out of nowhere. And I live for stuff like that because it showcases athleticism. It's exciting to watch. Thunder fans love that kind of stuff, and that's exactly what Nerlens Noel has been doing lately. So uh, good for Nerlens, and good for the rest of these guys who are really setting each other up because when you play good team basketball, you're going to win games. And real quick, something else on Nerlens too, is last year it kind of seemed like he was feeling out his role but as he's come into his own this year the the other boon that you've seen for this thunder team is steven adams's play and it's not the stereotypical like you bring in someone behind him to push him and they both play better it's the fact that you can bring nerlands in for extended minutes of time put steven on the bench and the wear and tear on steven's body has this is the healthiest i think i've seen steven adams since oh no way he's, he's still he's still to me he still looks he still looks injured. i mean he was injured last week I mean, well, I, don't, just, I don't know if he still looks 100% but yet, just now. Just over the course of the season. For sure, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. usually it's from the jump. From game one, Steven yeah. Adams is on the floor, and he just looks like he's laboring through the season every single year. And as tough as Steven is, he plays through no problem. But mm-hmm. I've, in spurts of time, this is the healthiest I think I've seen Steven Adams just over the course of the season. Yeah, it's exciting to see what Steven Adams can do right now. So Billy Donovan told the media after the Mavericks loss on Monday – uh, I think someone asked him specifically, you know, is Steven good? Like, what's what's his status right now? How's he feeling? And Billy Donovan came and said, yeah, he's playing through some ankle pain right now. And he was dealing with that knee contusion, which kept him out a little bit last week. And, uh, yeah, he he's, able, he's a tough guy, so he's able to kind of play through stuff like that. Uh, but Billy did say, like, right now Steve is dealing with a little bit of ankle pain. I mean, yeah, I kind of see, like, how it kind of looks like a hindrance out there right now. He was only 2 of 5 tonight. Uh, He shot perfect from the free throw line, and that's big time for Steve-O. So good for him. He was 4 of 4. He only had 8 points, but he had 8 rebounds, and 5 of those were offensive rebounds. And so... 
that's kind of where Steven Adams, even though he does deal with some injury and some pain, that's where he is so crucial because, you know, you got to get those second chance points. And I feel like the Thunder have been a little lackadaisical lately on getting the offensive rebounds and just putting them back out to their guys because, I mean, if you're going to miss shots, at least make up for them in the best way possible and give your guys a second chance points. And so that's where Steven came in handy tonight. Good for him being able to do that. And uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully he's able to fix anything that's going wrong with him. And they do have that all-star break coming up, so that's going to be good for him. And uh, we'll see how that goes because, guys, I don't know about y'all, but we can all remember how this team performs when they come back from all-star break. And it's uh, like garbage. It's absolute garbage, if we're going to be totally honest. I, we'll see. We'll see. Not this, we'll team. see this team's different. This team is different. I totally agree. And so I I feel good about them coming back from All-Star break, but oh my goodness, you better believe I'm going to be holding my eyes the first few games and just, I don't have high expectations. But I mean, that's because I'm being a troll right now and it's midnight. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> good I, to- morning. I told you we'd get to this point. That is true. Hey, before we take our last and final break, which that's the same word. I don't know why I just said that. Before we take our final break, I'm going to read you off a couple of stats. Thank you to Thunder Communications. Shout out to them for always keeping us updated. So uh, the Thunder, they have won the the, the last six straight games on the road. And the last time they did that, fellas, was six years ago. And that was January of 2014. So I see some uh, patterns starting to evolve. Banners hanging from the peak? Oh. Oh. Oh, oh. Not quite yet. Since December 1st, the Thunder is 13-3 and on the road. That's the most road wins in the NBA during this span. So, hey, kind of going back to what I said that first uh, segment, never would have seen this coming at the beginning of the year when they could not win a road game to save their lives. And now look at them. Doing are the, the best in the NBA. Are the Thunder the best seven seed of all time? People are asking. I, People are asking. I, I don't would know. Say, I, d- yeah. say they're, I would say they're up there. I would say they're up there. I would like to see a little bit more consistency, but hey, you know, we're getting there. It's uh, not even February yet, and so Billy Donovan said it best on Monday. There's a lot of basketball left to be played. It's almost like the NBA is more fun when the players are spread almost evenly amongst the teams as opposed to all the good players being on one team. Imagine that. Imagine that. But yeah, that's Ryan Chapman. I am Madison Morris, along with Matt Burton, producing us and keeping us on the air for all of you to listen to our lovely voices here at 12.08 in the morning. It's going to be a good one. We have one final segment coming up when we get back. And uh, I have some good stuff to talk about. Matt has some good stuff to talk about. Ryan, I can't wait to hear your takes on this because uh, something tragic did happen on Sunday. We're going to touch a little bit on that because it is important to kind of get it out there. I have a few audio clips from some players who played tonight that I would love to air out. And uh, then we're going to get out of here. So stick with us here on the franchise. And when we come back, more talk of Thunder basketball more talk of the NBA and more talk on the late and great Kobe Bryant. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't yeah. sing. <laughs> oh, I was gonna. Oh uh, no, you, it was man. good, Ryan. Thank you so much for um, assisting me on there because you know I went into that with full confidence and then I uh, got really. Yeah, I, I, I freaked am, out and I was like, "Ew, that's my voice, gross." I am always down to play the Lil John role in any <laughs> song. 
Especially. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was good. Okay. <laughs> Usher, Usher. Usher. Let's go. Guys, that was my jam back in the day. And uh, yeah, it was a good song. But welcome back into the Franchise Thunder First Take Post Game Show. I am Madison Morris along with Ryan Chapman and Matt Burton. And you are sticking with us, hopefully, through our last segment here on this show as we approach the 1230 hour. Good morning. And wakey wakey because... I'm actually really excited about this segment. I think it's going to be a good one. And uh, first of all, we are going to talk, kind of put a cap on this game for a little bit. The Thunder did beat the Sacramento Kings tonight at 120 to 100. Good for them. The Oklahoma City Thunder are now 29 and 20 in the season. They are 14 and 10 on the road. If you are just now tuning in, they are 13 and 3 since December 1st, which is great. 13 and 3 on the road. Let me clarify. Since December 1st, which is actually one of the best in the NBA's right now. So in the NBA's, there's multiple NBA's uh, in the NBA right now. So good for Oklahoma City making some moves on the road, and they're going to continue that as they travel over to Phoenix for an eight o'clock matchup against the Suns on Friday. And I'm pretty. Pretty sure this will be the same crew that you guys will be stuck with afterwards. I think Brady Trantham might be joining us. Oh, by the way, shout out to Brady Trantham. We haven't said anything about Brady. He's not here with us tonight because he is, I think he had a conflict, just had uh, to be with some friends tonight for, I think, like an event or something. So shout out to Brady. He's a hard worker. He should be joining us on Friday and that'll be a good time. So shout out. Thanks for letting me keep your chair warm, Brady. Of course. Ryan, you always do a great job. And so we always appreciate you. Uh, you and having you on the show. So thank you. And Matt, you're always the OG, just behind, pushing buttons, looking great. Thank you for everything you do. And uh, yeah, good stuff. So yeah, as I was saying, the Thunder, they're now 29 and 20. The chase for 38 is still on. That's kind of something I came up with at the beginning of the season, and it's looking pretty good, fellas. So yes, excited. But let's go ahead and segue. We have one more thing to talk about with this game, and I want to hear about some stats. So Matt, Fire up our kitty cat. All right. Three, two, one. Watch new pussycat. Whoa, 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 whoa. Watch new pussycat. Whoa, 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 whoa. All righty, all righty, all righty. Love that song, sort of. Not really, but it's okay. It's a, it's a good segue into talking about some cool things that went on in this game. Because there was a few. I mean, aside from the Thunder just being super ball dominant tonight, uh, after the first quarter, that is. Uh, I kind of wanted to point out this stat because I thought it was really cool. And uh, so I'm looking at the way that Oklahoma City was able to shoot all night. And even in that first quarter, they were still able to outscore Sacramento 23-16, to 16, just holding Sacramento to only 16 points in the first quarter, which was great because this team has been pretty notorious for allowing a team to score 38, 40, 41 points in the first quarter. So holding Sacramento to 16 is fantastic. However, I'm looking at all of this and going down in the fourth quarter, both teams tied it at 24 points apiece. And especially with what we're going to talk about after this with the tragic death of Kobe Bryant, his beautiful daughter Gianna, and seven other wonderful lives that were taken way too soon. I kind of thought that was a really cool thing, guys, that both teams ended up scoring 24 apiece to cap off this game. Absolutely. All the stats across the league over the past few days have been just... I, it's hard to put into words how just weird but also touching it is. Some of the things sure. where... Um, what did Trey Young take 24 shots I think on that Sunday night things like that um 
shot like 81% from the line or something yeah. like, you know, just, just all the weird, you know, connections and dots that you can touch with all the numbers. It's, yes. it's just touching and, and odd, but, but it, I think it's what the way that he would want to be remembered. No, almost. absolutely. It's incredible just seeing the different teams that have done all of this. And, uh, Matt, did you have a stat? Um, I did not, but I could go with my usual 85% from the free throw line. Woo! Guys, I say it all the time. It is important. It might not seem like a big deal, but it is important. 17 of 20 from the free throw line, 85%. And weirdly, 85% is a bit low for these past couple games. Hey, I mean, at least they're shooting well from the free throw line. If you're going to get the chance, shoot your shot. That's what I always say. But kind of going back into what I keep saying that we wanted to talk about, uh, Brady and I had the chance to sit down on Monday night after that Mavericks loss and... The two of us kind of went back and forth for majority of our OKC82 podcast. If you guys haven't listened to that, please check it out. Uh, we work really hard on it, and we got to talk a lot about Kobe Bryant on that one from Monday. And so uh, I kind of wanted to hear from both of you guys because haven't had that conversation with y'all yet. Haven't even seen you since it happened. And so uh, what I was saying about my stat cap being 24 piece, there's just been a lot of cool things going on around the league, which was exactly what Ryan pointed out, I think. Tonight, the Nets honored Kobe Bryant at their game. Kyrie Irving came back. And actually, I have some audio I was going to have Matt play here in a second. But Kyrie Irving came back for the first time since um, the death of Kobe. And they actually honored him because they put flowers in the chairs that him and Gianna sat in in their final um, Nets game that they attended in Brooklyn. And so I thought that was really pretty. And before we segue away from that, we can go ahead and see what Kyrie Irving had to say because I thought it was pretty nice. Yeah. What do you want to share about Kobe Bryant, who we all know you had a very deep connection to? Trying to keep my emotions together. I mean, you got to understand it just, you know, his, uh, his, fam- you know, his family and his friends and, you know, just, it's just hard to even just conjure up the words, you know, you try to find clear-cut message that you would send to Gigi and Kobe and, Everybody that lost their lives in such a tragedy like that is just—it's hard, you know. It's hard, but um, I've been trying to do this the last few days, just trying to get ready for a moment like this. But uh, I just gotta let it be, let it flow, and you know, I know he's down watching as as well as Gigi, as well as the young um, ball players that were on the plane as well. I was just with them at the Mamba. Uh, academy working out with them in the summertime as well as young girls losing their lives so it's uh it's heartbreaking for all of us but i'm not the only one dealing with something so i think the most beautiful thing is that it's connecting all of us and his seeds that he's planted in all of us to continue to grow and his legacy is going to live on forever obviously but that man was a philosopher he was a teacher you know he left so many great things here for us to follow and i'm just going to continue to carry the torch yeah and uh just really touching it and i think that Kyrie brought up a really great point which is that it it's been something that's been able to bring everyone together and and not to go super heavy but a lot of times with how social media is today the political climate all this stuff everyone is so easy to tear each other down and go at each other it's been really really nice and refreshing to be able to step back for just a moment and everyone come together and remember hey this is something that's a little bit bigger than than basketball. It's bigger than all this little drama and all the things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And it, it's a shame that it takes an event like this for us to be able to step back. And even if it's just for a week, if we're able to step back and remember that there are some things bigger than all those little things that tear us apart every single day, 
it's just really touching to be able to see that happen. And it's a nice reminder of what we can do together, pull together as humanity and as a country to Mm -hmm. come together. And hey, all of us have something that unites us. We all have a family. We all, I don't know if everyone thought to this, but just who I was with, the first thing I thought of after the initial shock of seeing the report that it's Kobe Bryant was, I know he has four children. All the reports that were flying around is just, what is his family going through right now? And just having sympathy for that. So it's something that can bring us all together no matter what walk of life you're in. And it's unfortunate to take something like this but it's been really refreshing to see and I can't think of a better way to honor someone that appears to have touched so many lives in basketball and across the world than being able to just stop all of the petty crap, honestly, for even just a week, just to sit back and remember, Hey, there's something bigger going on and we're all going to step back and honor that. Yeah. And I got to, I got to talk about, I got to talk about this a little bit on Monday night uh, on post game with, um, with Chisholm and Aaron. And it's just, the to me Kobe Bryant he is an example for hard work like he he mastered hard work he he mastered it like he knew what it took not only did he have the god-given ability he already had that edge because he had already outworked you he he knew he knew without a shadow of a doubt I'm going to I'm confident because I have put in more time than this guy across from me. And it's kind of, he was, he's obsessed. He was obsessed with the game. And the cool thing about Kobe was you hear all the stories about him and teammates getting into it. And you hear all about the, you hear all about that. But what you're hearing more and more now is that if anyone, anyone reached out to him, he would help them. He would help them with whatever they were working on, whatever, you know, I saw Jewel Lloyd um, sent him a DM and was like, "Hey, how do you get out of a, a shooting slump, uh, like a shooting slump, like a funk?" Mm-hmm. And he was like, "There's no such thing as that. There's just the next shot." And I mean, it's just like just things like that. He's just to me the the mentality, the entire mentality. Um, that that's Kobe's legacy. I mean, it and you can apply it to anything in life. That's why it's so special, and that's why I think it resonates with most people because people can. People can relate to hard work. Yeah. People relate to working hard, and uh, that's all. That's all Kobe Bryant did. And then, just the shock of uh, his daughter was there too. It's just, it was just so emotional. I mean, because she, because and you could see it after. Uh, like I was a huge Kobe fan, but I was becoming even more of a Kobe fan, po- like post basketball. Because I mean, you could just see like that quality time that he was spending with his daughter, and because you know, you know that she wanted to do it, like. Kobe had said that, I mean, he didn't even really want to watch basketball until yeah. until she got into it and was like, all right, hey, basically dragging him to games. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just, it's 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 tough. It, it was just, just so tough and heartbreaking. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think um, something that has come out of this that I do find to be super encouraging and uplifting is just seeing all of the human emotion come out of guys who appear to be super athletes appear to be super hardcore on the court but now they're showing all of these human emotions and they're pulling this league together it's like kind of a unification of the NBA and I have been an NBA fan since I was a very young girl and so I kind of like the direction the NBA is going in right now and so I mean it's terrible that it takes something like that to do it but if Kobe can look down and say like hey I'm 
I'm proud to do one last thing for this. I, I It's kind of like they have resurrected a league that maybe be, was facing turmoil or kind of people were turning their backs on just because certain things were happening. And now Kobe Bryant, he has truly left a legacy that I think a lot of people are going to respect this league, respect it going forward. And especially with every single team, you know, they are just doing incredible things to honor him and to honor his daughter and also uh, the seven others who were lost in this too. So it's just kind of cool seeing all the human aspect come out, come out of this, all the human emotion. And it kind of gives gives a little bit of a voice to a league that has been so centered around just playing 48 minutes on the court but now it's like there's so much more to this and I think people are truly starting to recognize that and so you know what it's just to cap it all off on this because I know we need to kind of get out of here it's getting pretty late and you guys have been listening to us this whole time shout out if you have um it's just honestly this guy he's a legend and I I think he said it best when he said legends never die and so we'll always respect what he did when he was here respect what he did with his family all thoughts and prayers go out to Vanessa and the kids and obviously the families of the other people who are affected. And so, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see everybody come together and just lift each other up in this time. So it's been awesome. Absolutely. But yeah. Any final thoughts, guys? I know that Ryan, we wanted to talk a little bit about what was going on. If you want to give us just a brief synopsis before we get out of here, Woj did drop a little bit uh, of something that people are going to start paying attention to. And so to end on a more light note, Ryan, tell us something good. Yeah. So obviously in the fallout with the Daryl Morey and China stuff in the offseason, it was anticipated that the league revenue may drop a little bit. Woj is reporting that the numbers have come in. The league revenue will drop, which means that the salary cap will not be um, what it was expected to be. Basically, the offshoot of that, Danilo Gallinari and Nerlens Noel are going to be free agents in this next offseason. And we saw, what was it, last offseason or two offseasons ago, the quote NBA recession, where a lot of guys ended up uh, staying home with the team that they're at now or getting way, way less money than they thought they would with a team like the Thunder that has a lot of money tied up in some contracts with Schroeder and Chris Paul, that could be potentially a boon heading into the trade deadline if they're able to hold on to everybody. So something we can get into later at a later time, but just something to watch out for. Yeah, interesting stuff coming up. Woj, thanks for that Woj bomb here at almost 1230 at night. It's a good thing that he never sleeps because neither do we because we talk Thunder basketball. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, good show. Thank you so much to Matt Burton for being an excellent producer and someone who contributes greatly to the show. Thank you to you, Ryan Chapman, for being so smart and so well-spoken. And uh, it makes this job super fun. So you guys are awesome. And if you've been listening to us, thank you for tuning in and giving us a chance to just talk some Thunder basketball, talk some Kobe Bryant, and talk about what's going forward with this team. So for all you Thunder fans out there, they're going to stay on the road. They are on their way to Phoenix, Arizona, to face the Suns on Friday. And actually, uh, Thunder basketball is going to take a little bit of a break because they're not going to be back home or back in action until Wednesday, February 5th. Is that the 5th, I believe, or the 2nd? I don't know. Days. Days are hard. Fifth is the Days are hard. I I believe it's the the fifth. fifth. Yeah. So February 5th, they're going to be back in action in Chesapeake Energy Arena. I think that is a Wednesday and they are hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. So we'll see how they can do in Phoenix and bring it on home, boys, and wrap them on up. So it's going to be a good time. And stick with us because the franchise will have all of your Thunder coverage that you could possibly desire. And uh, we'll be doing some post-game shows, doing some podcasts, and doing some coverage from Chesapeake on Wednesday. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the franchise thunder first t- oh gosh i messed it up the franchise thunder it wouldn't be first a show take. if you didn't mess it up though to i be can't do it there's too many words the 
Thunder first take franchise. No, the franchise Thunder first take post game show. That didn't sound right, but we're just going to go with it. Matt's giving me thumbs up. And that's going to cap it off tonight. Thank you for listening here on 1077 The Franchise, 1079 in Tulsa.